are starting a new series of messages today called Built to Last. We here at North Place Church are in a little bit of a, or a lot, I guess, if you will, of a building program. Uh, a few months ago, the Lord blessed us uh, with this building. We were able to buy this building uh, with cash for this ministry, with our partners, with Urban Tribes, to create a center, uh, not just for church on Sunday, but a center for business, a center uh, where people can gather and people can be blessed. If you weren't with us a few weeks ago and we shared the vision, the plans are out there on the wall. You can see that. The Lord has given us great vision and done an incredible miracle for us in the middle of a pandemic to show his might and to show his power even when others may see lack our God is still God and in control and we give him thanks for that but along with that comes the building process and it comes the re remodeling process and and we um we're so, we're so blessed in that we, we found a designer here in the city who's incredible and has designed some beautiful spaces. And I remember my first uh, couple of meetings with the designer and talking to them and sharing the vision about having a place for people to gather and a place for uh, on the second floor where we could have co-working space and, and professionals could come and a place for training and development and all this stuff. And I remember sharing my vision with him and, and, and getting so excited. And, um, and, you know, there's always that part in the conversation conversation uh, where they ask you the question you don't want to be asked he's like well how much money do you have and I'm like well I don't have any <laughs> he's like what are you talking about you just bought a building I didn't have any money God gave it to us so uh, we don't have much money but this is our vision how much is it going to cost and he said well what do you think it's going to cost and I remember telling him uh, my number and I remember kind of the color draining out of his face now he's a white guy so that really was hard right the color just kind of drained out of his face, and I, I thought, oh, man, oh, this is not good. And uh, he was really kind. He was really kind to me, and it took him a little while because he was being, you know, real good and African indirect and, and basically said at least double what you think it's going to be. And uh, he said he used that word at least because he knew that wasn't right. He was going to wait till later when the costing came in for me to really realize how much it was. But nonetheless... As I begin to talk to him, I'm like, why? Why is it costing so much? I mean, let's throw some paint up here. Let's do a few things. He's like, no, no, you don't understand. If you want to do this in such a way that it's done with excellence, if you want to do this in such a way that it lasts, if you want to do this in such a way that it's really going to meet the needs of the community and that it's going to remain and really demonstrate what it is you're trying to demonstrate, you got to do a lot more than just do surface stuff. You got to tear some walls out. You got to get down to some foundations. You got to get to the core foundations of things and change those things if you really want to build this to last. We thought as we began to hear that from the builders of this building, that that's exactly what God was not just saying to us about this building, but it's what we feel like God is saying to us as North Place Church. That we are in a season that we need to be mindful of the fact that we serve a God who is a God of excellence and that he is a God who wants to build our life, not just to last until next week or next month, but he wants to build our lives to last, to be fruitful, to remain and to demonstrate his power and his glory. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to study from the life of Moses. Moses is such a fascinating character in scripture because here is a man who God took from a place of 
of failure after failure after failure, from insecurity and fear and brokenness, from experiencing all kind of trauma in his life, God took him through all of that and cr- literally, literally created a nation through him that lasts until today. You and I still benefit from the work that God did through the life of Moses. God built this man that was broken literally to live a legacy that lasts until this day. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some of the things that God taught Moses that built him to last. As we begin by looking at the life of Moses, the first thing that we're going to look at today is that God, when he builds our life to last, one of the things that he teaches us is that if we're going to build to last, he, God himself, has designed us to thrive in community. This is a foundational concept for Christians because if you understand God, if you understand God himself, the triune God, then you know that God exists in community. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are a triune God. They have always existed in community. And he demonstrates this to us as his creation. And because we are the, in the image of God, we have been created to be people who exist in community. The problem is that many of us struggle to live in community. Some of us like to live in community. We like people around us, but we don't like to exist in community. You may be, Pastor Randy, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm gonna, we're going to look at the life of Moses to illustrate this today. In Exodus chapter 18, Moses and the people of Israel have been moving along, and God has been doing some incredible things among them. And uh, Moses is living his life, and, and he's experiencing success as a leader. Now, about, at, at this time, Israel is about 2 million people. This great, uh, vast group of people, this nation has come into existence, and Moses is leading them through this wilderness journey into the promised land. And so here is this man who, who in his insecurity, in his fear, in his brokenness, God has sort of led him, and now he's leading two million people, and things, things are going good. And then, all of a sudden, one day, his father-in-law comes to visit. Happy Father's Day, by the way. Fathers, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing. I know what's supposed to happen is on Mother's Day, we're supposed to tell moms how great they are, and then it's Father's Day, I'm supposed to pull out a bat and whack you over the head. That's what happens in church, right? Every year, Mother's Day, oh, you're so great. Father's Day, you guys stink, right? We're not going to do that today. We're not going to do that today because it's simply not true. Here at North Place Church, we have amazing men at this church. We have amazing fathers at this church. Some of you guys, I admire you. I watch the way that you parent your children. I watch the way that you love on your children. There are men who serve in our children's program and our youth program who are serving as godly men and godly fathers. And thank you for being incredible men of God. Everybody knows that it's a blessing to have a godly father in your life. And there's some of you in this room today, listen, I, I want to speak to your heart. Perhaps you didn't have a godly father. 
Perhaps you have a father wound that you carry because maybe your dad hurt you or walked out on you. And I want to say this to you today. I'm sorry that this happened to you. I'm sorry that this was your experience. And I'm sorry that this difficulty happened in your life. For some of you in this room, when we talk about God as the father, it can trigger you sometimes because you've had such a negative experience with your father. But I'm here to tell you today that God, as our father, wants to heal you. If you walked into this place and you have a father wound, today is the day that God wants to take what is broken in your life and he wants to make it whole. If you think about the life of Moses, Moses was a man who was separated from his earthly father and was taken to live in the home of Pharaoh and had a broken relationship with Pharaoh. And yet God, and yet God continued to bless him. And then look at what God did in his life. He gave him a father-in-law where he didn't have a father. I know there's a lot of jokes about father-in-laws, but the truth is a godly father-in-law can be such a blessing. And here Moses was, and he was out in the wilderness, and he was experiencing what looked like to be a bunch of success, and one day his father-in-law came to visit. And when his father-in-law came to visit, he did what a lot of young men do when their father-in-law comes. He puffed out his chest. You read Exodus chapter 18. And he said, hey, father-in-law, come look at everything and how great things are. And he started showing him around and he started telling him stories about how much God had blessed him. And the father-in-law truly was blessed. He's like, man, this is great. This is wonderful. But we have a problem. See, here's the thing. Father-in-laws can be a blessing, but sometimes father-in-laws can point out those things that you don't want to really talk about. And this was the case in Exodus chapter 18. Because Moses had become so busy working hard, he had become so busy serving the people that he had sent his wife and kids to go back to his father-in-law's house to live at his father-in-law's house. He was experiencing success as it related to his work, but he was experiencing brokenness in his family. And so he started telling his father-in-law, look at how wonderful things are. And his father-in-law said, yes, this is great, but there is a problem, and I know there's a problem, because as you're much as you're being successful in your work, there's brokenness in your home. And so you pick up in reading in Exodus chapter 18. Let me read verses 17 through 18 to you. It says this, Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you, you will only wear yourself out. See, here's the picture. Moses was leading two million people, but he was trying to do it by himself. Imagine that. Imagine trying to lead two million people all by yourself. But that's exactly what he was doing. There was no other judges in the land. He was the only judge. So if the people had a problem, they were coming to Moses and they would literally have to wait in line all day long, day after day after day, because Moses had set the leadership structure up in such a way that he was the only one who could give an answer to the people. He had become so busy and so overwhelmed that Although the nation was working well, his family was falling apart. And he was, although he was experiencing success in one area of his life, his family was falling apart. And ultimately, his father-in-law said, the rest of this thing is going to fall apart if you keep going the way that you are going. Father-in-law came and he said to Moses, listen, you, 
you need to experience a different kind of workflow because what you're doing here is not working. What you're doing here is not successful. The problem was Moses was in a place where he didn't trust the people around him to help him. Now, have you ever had a teammate, a helpmate, a workmate who let you down? You ever trusted somebody to help you with something and then they didn't help you and it was left on your shoulders and you had to fix it later? Anybody besides me? Somebody's like, oh, my coworker's here. I'm going to keep mine. <laughs> Life can teach us sometimes that we need to do everything ourselves, right? Experience the circumstances. Some of you in this room, like I talked about earlier, you had a father that walked out on you. And so as a result, there's a father wound inside of you. There's something inside of you that says, I can't count on anyone else. I got to do it myself, right? Some of you had a spouse walk out on you. And now you're trying to do it all. All the, all the single mothers in here this morning, I just want to say to you, thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. I'm sorry whatever happened in your life brought you to this moment. And I know Father's Day may be a day that just upsets you a little bit. But I want to say to you, I want to say to you, God is faithful. He's faithful. And thank you for your faithfulness. Some of us have had experiences in our life that has caused us to come to a place where we think, I can't trust anybody. And so what do we do? We try to put it all on our shoulders. Well, in trying to put it all on our shoulders, what do we do? We lead ourselves to a place of burnout. Moses' father-in-law said, Moses, if you keep going like this, you're going to burn out. I was reading a study this week that said over the last year, as a result of COVID and all the stress and pressures and changes, over the last year, burnout, reported burnout, has increased by 33%. Imagine that over a third of people, or around a third of people, are more are experiencing burnout today than they were a year ago. Why is that? Well, with all the change, with all the experiences, with all the heartache, people are burning out like never before. Why do we burn out? Well, there's lots of reasons we burn out, but one reason that is for certain, when you try to do it on your own, you're never going to last. What Moses' father-in-law was saying to him is, Moses, if you want to build this nation, if you want to build your life, if you want to build your legacy to last, then you're going to have to lean into community. You're going to have to trust other people. It's fascinating to me. I, I'm, listen, I, I, really, I really do want you to hear my heart. Uh, it, one of the things that have been fascinating to me about this season that the world has been in is that this particular disease and our response or our virus, whatever you want to call it, our response to it has been isolation. I understand it medically. I get it. Trust me. I read and I study. I get it. But it's so fascinating to me because it's proven psychologically, it's proven historically that isolation is not healthy for us. I understand all the reasons, and I'm not arguing against it. I'm just saying that the more and more and more that we're isolated, the more disrupted our psychology and our spirit becomes. And if you understand the work of the enemy from Genesis chapter 3 throughout all of Scripture, his entire plan has always to be able to split us off from the herd and to get us alone. Because he knows when we try to do it all by ourselves, it's too much for us. 
when Moses' father-in-law came to him, he said, Moses, it's too much for you to do this by yourself. And notice his words to him. He said, when you do this by yourself, not only are you not going to last, but these people aren't going to last. They're going to be disappointed in you. One of the things that I've noticed in my life is that I have a tendency to try to take on everything and do it all for myself and do it all by myself. But ultimately, I get to the end of my capacity and I end up letting others around me down because I can't meet all my obligations when I'm trying to do it in my own power. And so the very thing that has taught me I need to do it by myself because I can't trust anybody else what happens is I start failing the people in my life, and then they learn they can't trust me. You see how that cycle works? I don't trust others, so I try to put it all on my shoulders. I get overwhelmed, and I begin to fall apart, and people learn that they can't trust me. See, that's how the vicious cycle of distrust continues in our life. And Moses' father-in-law said to him, Moses, this isn't healthy. This isn't good. Not only are you going to be torn apart, but you're going to let down the people who are counting on you. And ultimately, the culture of the community is going to become one of distrust and brokenness rather than one of trust and confidence. See, friend, God has not called us to be people who carry the load all by ourselves. God has called us to be people. God has called us to be people who share the load in community. I want to tell you three things really quickly that we learn from this passage uh, as Moses' father-in-law speaks to him. Number one, Moses' father-in-law said to him, Moses, if you're, going to, if you're going to make it, if these people are going to make it, then you're going to have to invite the input of others in your life. If you and I are going to build to last, we have to invite the input of others. Now, I have an incredible father-in-law. His name is Rick, and he is amazing. Some of you have met him before. He is, he is an amazing guy. He is a godly man, and he's always, always, always been an incredible father-in-law. But 45-year-old Randy is a little bit different than 25-year-old Randy. I'll go over here. I'll be honest with these people. 45-year-old Randy is a little bit different than 25-year-old. I remember when I was 25 and my father-in-law would come to visit, I, would do, I, I didn't want to hear what he had to say. Oh, you always wanted to listen to your father-in-law, huh? Okay. I didn't know because that was my house. This is my wife. These are my kids. I'm doing... No, see, 25-year-old Randy just thought he could do everything himself. And 45-year-old Randy has learned that he needs to listen to what Rick has to say because Rick has ex had experiences that I haven't had. He's seen things that I haven't seen. He's gone through things that I haven't gone through. See, a part of wisdom and a part of maturity and a part of health and a part of building your life to last is to invite the input of others, even your father-in-law and your mother-in-law. Come on, somebody, say amen. Mother-in-laws, that was your chance right there. <laughs> Moses had to make a decision. I'm going to have to invite the input 
of others. He didn't have to listen, but he chose to listen. See, if you and I are going to build our lives to last, we have to invite the input of others who've been places we haven't been, seen things we haven't seen, done things we haven't done, have wisdom that we don't have. The second thing that we see from this interaction with Moses and his father-in-law is if we're going to build our lives to last, we have to implement sound instructions. When I was 25, I didn't even want to, I didn't even want to listen to what he had to say. But when I was 26, 27, I would at least pretend to listen. Then I would wait for him to leave and I'd do it my way. Right? Come on now. Somebody's got to be honest today. I would let him leave and then I would go do it the way that I wanted to do it. What I learned is that in life, if I'm going to build my life to last, I don't have to keep making the same mistakes that other people have made. Instead, I can listen to their, to their wisdom. I can learn from their mistakes, and I can implement sound advice in my life. I don't have to go around the same problems that they've gone around. I can go through them because not only do I listen, but I implement sound instruction in my life. It's not enough to listen. You've got to implement sound instruction. And then number three, I want you to see this. Moses' father-in-law said to him, Moses, if you're going to build to last, if your life is going to last, if it's going to remain, if it's going to, if there's going to be a legacy, if this nation is really going to make it, not only do you have to invite the input of others, not only do you have to implement it, but he said you have to surround yourself, you have to include capable people in your circle. This one, this one to me is so essential. His father-in-law said, he didn't say, hey, just go get some people to surround you. He said, go get capable people to surround you. Now, I've been, I've been a pastor for uh, a long time. I, I've been able to, God has given Desert and I the opportunity to serve for a long time. And, and, and one of the things that I have found absolutely fascinating in all of these years of ministry is how we have a strong tendency to surround ourselves with knuckleheads. People will come to me, Pastor, I'm struggling in my finances. Oh, really? Let's talk about that. What, tell me what's going on. Tell me what you're facing. Tell me, tell me the advice that you're getting. Well, so-and-so told me I should do this and this and this. Oh, really? Uh, so is so-and-so debt-free? Oh, oh no, they're, they're not debt-free. Or is so-and-so healthy in there? No, 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 no. They got a car note. They got credit card bills. They're, 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 they just filed bankruptcy last year. Why are you listening to a knucklehead? Pastor, my marriage is falling apart. It's so challenging. It's so difficult right now. Oh, okay, tell me what's going on. Well, I was hanging out with my friends at the club last week. What? Hang on. Your friends at the club? So where were their, where were their husbands? Oh, they're not married. They, they, their marriage fell apart last year. Well, why are you at the club with somebody whose marriage fell apart last year? I was hanging with my buddies. We were fishing. Oh, really? Tell me about what? So, you know, it's Father's Day weekend. They weren't hanging out with their, oh, no, no, no. They don't, they, 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 they've never been married. They have six kids all over the country. But why are you hanging out with them? It doesn't make sense. If, if I've got an area in my life that's broken, why do I want to hang out with people who are broken in that same area? 
Why do I want to listen to people who are not capable in the area that I need instructions? Listen, if I want to grow as a father, I go find a man who's a healthy father, and that becomes my buddy. That becomes my voice of reason in my life. If I want health in my marriage, I go find somebody who's got a healthy marriage. I spend my days, I spend my evenings learning and listening. If my business is falling apart, I don't go find someone over here whose business is falling apart. Instead, I go find somebody whose business is thriving in the kingdom of God and I get advice and I get help from them why because Moses father-in-law said Moses you can't do it by yourself and don't do it with knuckleheads do y'all have that expression knuckleheads here is that just where I'm from that's a new one for you okay don't do it with knuckleheads. Do it with people who know what they're doing. And so what did Moses did? He, he went and he found some wise men and he, he relegated to them his authority. And he said, let's do this together because you have been found to be capable. See, you and I in our lives, we need to surround ourselves with capable people. We need to stop hanging out with people who are hurting in the same areas that we're hurting. Now, are you saying that I shouldn't? No, I'm not saying that at all. You just don't need to listen to people who are dysfunctional in the same area that you're dysfunctional or I'm dysfunctional. Instead, I need to surround myself with people who will say the hard things, the difficult things, who will challenge me, who will help me. I love this. Moses' father-in-law looked at him and said, Moses, what is going on here is not right. You're going to wear yourself out. You're going to burn out. And you're going to burn out these people in your life. Instead, change course, Moses. Instead, surround yourself with people who have wisdom, who will help you carry the load. I know it's COVID. I know that we're in a season in which we've got to isolate. I understand. I understand that. But God in his design for us created us for community and he created us for relationship. I don't know how you figure that out and honor COVID protocols. I don't know how you do that. But I hear the voice of the Lord saying to us as his people come together and just as God's word says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ you and I were never called to do it alone we were called to build lives that last and the way that we do it is in community notice what Exodus chapter 18 verse 23 says it says if get this it says if this is Moses father-in-law saying this he says if you do this and God so commands I'm going to stop right there I, 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 I got to stop some of you in this room, you're like me. There's a little bit of gray in your hair. You're a little bit further along in your journey. Some of you are, are like me. You're in a place in life where you're finding yourself in a situation to speak into the lives of those who are coming after you. Notice the grace with which Moses' father-in-law spoke to him. And today I honor my father-in-law because this is always the way that he's treated me. Notice what he says. If you do this and God so commands. You know, sometimes through our culture, our own experiences, we can become so domineering or patriarchal in the way that we treat those who come after us that they can't receive what we have to say because we act as if we're the only authority in their life. But notice how Moses' father-in-law says, here's, here's the insight, here's the wisdom, and if God is affirming this in you, then do it. Man, I love that. 
what grace. What grace with which he shares with him his insight. For those of us who are a little further in the journey and God has put us in the position to speak to those who are coming after us, if we could learn to share with grace, if we could learn to share with acknowledgement of the other person's capacity to hear from God themselves, I guarantee you more people would listen to what you have to say. Woo, that's bonus right there. I didn't even share that with the first service. That's just for you. If some of us would speak with dignity to those who are coming after us, we would see so much more fruit in the seeds that we sow. Moses' father-in-law says, if you do this and God sows commands, you will be able to stand the strain. In other words, all the weight that is on your shoulders, you're going to be strong enough. You'll stand the strain and all of these people will go home satisfied. In other words, Moses, you're going to last. Not only are you going to last, but you're going to be effective to the point that everyone who's in your sphere and everyone in your circle is going to be blessed. Listen, God wants to build your life to last. Not just next week, not just next month, not just to get through level three lockdown and this third wave. He, I want to see your face a year from now. I want to see you right here worshiping God. I want to see you more in love with Jesus today, more in love to, than you are today. I want to see you at that place a year from now. I want to see you five years from now and ten years from now living out your potential, living out your design. I want to see you live that life just like God said, or Moses' father-in-law said to him, everybody in your life can be satisfied. You can get the work done, but it's only going to happen. If you understand that you and I must lean into community, we can't do it on our own. Let him speak to us. Let him tell us the people that we need to be allowing to speak into our lives. The people that we need to surround ourselves with who are capable, who are effectual in the areas that we need to grow and develop. Moses' father-in-law said, you can last, you can make it, and you can be effective. And I believe that's God's promise to us today. Not just get through the third wave. But to get through all the waves and come out on the other side of this a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, with a legacy that remains. I'm going to invite you to stand with me right now. I want to pray for you this morning. Because I know, I know that many of us, many of us are hurting, many of us are struggling, many of us are facing difficulties. And there's so many voices there's so many people saying, do this, go here, you got to do this. And it's hard to know. With fake news and this, that, and the, it's hard to know. Who do I listen to? And the tendency is to run and hide and try to carry it all by yourself. And I think that's exactly the plan of the enemy. He wants to isolate you. He wants to split you from the herd. He wants to make you try to feel like you got to do it on your own. God's word to you is... My son, my daughter, you're not on your own. I know you. I know you. I'm for you. I don't want you to do it by yourself. Instead, I want to surround you with capable people, with a community of believers who are speaking truth and life to you in such a way that speaks to your dignity, that speaks to your value, that speaks to your worth, that gives you sound wisdom words from God that resonate with your soul and calls you forward into your effectiveness and your greatness.
Can I pray for you? Father, I thank you for every person that's here this morning. Thank you for your goodness. I thank you because you're a good, good father. And as I mentioned earlier, for everyone that's here today that's carrying a wound in their heart and life, a father wound, Lord, I pray healing right now in the name of Jesus. For every, every person who hears, who, who had a life where perhaps their father wasn't around and they didn't necessarily do what they were supposed to do or perhaps life or circumstances or death took them away, God, I pray healing right now in the name of Jesus. Your word says that you are a father to the fatherless. God, I don't know how that works, but you do. And I pray right now that you bring healing. Perhaps there are those of us in this room today who carry brokenness in this area of our life because those authority figures or people that we were trusting or maybe our people around us have let us down. And so as a result, we've tried to put it all on our own shoulders. We've tried to do it all ourselves. We put a wall of protection around us and we said, I'm never going to be hurt again. I'm never going to be let down again. My bills are never going to not get paid again. And unfortunately, Lord, unfortunately, we're wearing ourselves out. We're burned out or we're on the way to burn out. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, let us cast off the spirit of heaviness. Just as we learned last week, let us put on praise. Let us understand our identity in you, that we are not alone. That we are not alone because of you, and we are not alone because you've given us community. I pray here at North Place Church, may we be people who fight. May we fight fiercely for community. May we fight fiercely for community because we know that we were not created to do it alone. God, give us voices in our life who speak truth, who speak life, and who do so in a way that adds to our dignity, that speaks to our value, that honors us as image bearers and acknowledges that we have capacity to hear God and affirms your voice in our life, not in a dominating, domineering way, because God, that's not how you speak to your children. Instead, God, you always speak to us in a way that pulls us forward into our greatness. I pray, Father, speak to us today in a way that calls us forward into our greatness. You are a good father. You are a good father. May we hear your voice and may you surround us with people who affirm your voice. In Jesus' name, amen.